What's up, everyone? Welcome to BJJ and Brews. I am your co-host, Noah John. You know what it is. It's part two with Orlando Food Critic. Big thanks again to Ryan for making the time to sit down and have this conversation with us. And this conversation only gets better. So let's get into it right now. All right. So uh, tell us, how was culinary so the school culinary, in The culinary skin is just super cool because like, for me, the part that was great was because it was an Argentina and Argentinians are super big on their meat. And that's what I really took from it. Because from my own background of my family and my, you know, my self-made part, I didn't learn anything. Like I already knew everything they had to teach. I'm a, I'm a super like hardcore person when I decide to do something. I'm like all in, um, very extremist. Like I don't have like middle grounds. It's like either do or I don't. And when I do, I do, you know? So by the time I got to, to, the, to the, the actual like formal training, there was nothing to, they could teach me. Like I had better knife skills than some of my teachers. But, um, but the, part, the part that really, what they did actually did for me, which is not, it's not gonna do shit for me right now because I'm a vegetarian now, was like handling meat and cooking meat. Um, I still, even though being a vegetarian, I still cook meat. I'm not, haven't gone to the point where I, you know, that I won't cook meat. Um, because my family eats meat and my friends eat meat and I'm okay cooking, you know, still cooking for my friends. So one day I'll make, oh. one day I'll make you some meat and then you can, you can understand the influence it had on me. Everybody that knows me that's had my food always talks about my meat. They say it's like, dude. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, so g- give me an example of something that, um, you know, you had the the luxury of growing up in in a family that had a tradition and and experience with cooking, so they 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 knew how to cook. Oh yeah, know? they knew how to, they knew how to cook what they liked to cook, right? What they and, liked, yeah. yeah and and then and my my mother was very adventurous, sure. so, so so she she tried cooking and doing things from different parts of the of the world. You know, um, she would like you know play with that. She wouldn't just stick to her roots. So I I'm very curious because there was a time in my life where I was considering going to culinary school because I, I i enjoy cooking and and i you know i i thought of a f- why am i not shocked about that that's yeah, like yeah, I know. That's well listen the, if anybody that's, that's like out noah there john. hearing listening to this that's like noah john i feel say. that if you don't know jack about food or culture or food culture go to culinary school sure because if you if you have a background Oh, oh, if you want the degree, go to culinary school. Like, if you want the the, paper, the piece of paper, go to culinary school. But chefs are not made in culinary school, bro. Well, I, I guess... Chefs, chefs are made through through experiencing culture, through experiencing food, through eating the food, not even cooking it. Chefs are made through eating food. So, I... I, I There's no way you can actually cook something you've never tried. 100%. So, the, there was a period in my life where, you know, I... I especially when... Um, I don't, and honestly, it all blurs together. I don't know if this is before I went to Spain or after, but, um, you know, I, I, I had this fantasy of, oh, you know, maybe I'll go to culinary school in France and I'll work in a French restaurant because at the time I, I was dating, I had discovered that most of the girlfriends I had were from France. So I just, I was like, well, Okay, well, let, let's let's put two and two together here. Like I like he, j- he just like Menage a Trois. <laughs> <laughs> but the, so so there was a time where I seriously considered like, 
you know, like, should I go to, you know, is it worthwhile to go to culinary school and then, you know, work in a, in a French restaurant and, and experience that? Like, it, there was a, um, not a, fantasy is the wrong word in my opinion, but there was. Um, you had a crush? Yeah, it was just, it was, it was, it was just something like, it was an idyllic, it was an idyllic idea, you know, and, and it didn't come to fruition and I'm fine with that. So, but I'm curious. You know, like, what is culinary school like? Especially because I feel like I'm not going to compare our, our upbringings, but I, at least, I was not oblivious like some of my friends were to what happens in a kitchen. You know, like, yeah, most of school is like boot camp. You know, it's like a, a soldier going to boot camp. I think it's what it is. Okay. You know, you have chefs are pieces of shit, like the ones that are good. And then if they're teaching in a kitchen in, in a school is because they weren't good enough to actually have their own restaurant, most likely. So obviously they have a chip on their shoulder. So they're going to be extra. Not and then nice they let it on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so um, give me one thing that you got out of culinary school that was new knowledge to you that you didn't have already. Because you, you already said I had the knife skills. Or well, probably- remember that like I honestly like the part, the most part of my conscious life, you know, as a teenager, I was a vegetarian. So I didn't have and and I, you, know, you come from a country where, you know, you don't you're not really close to the process of where your food comes from because you have hired help for everything. So I feel that what what I really got from the culinary uh, you know school because of you know where I was at and the influence with the meat was like to appreciate like every part of the animal. So like if you're gonna cook with 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 beef and you're gonna you know ultimately you're sacrifice, sacrificing an animal, you know to eat it. You know, you're not only going to go ahead and eat like the parts that everybody wants, like the ribeye and the filet and, you know, and the skirt steak. You know, you're going to eat everything. You're going to eat the cheek. You're going to find ways what to do with the liver. You're going to eat the guts. You know, you're going to make sausage out of the innards. You know, like that part was something that I didn't have because I didn't grow up with it. And I felt that I was given, you know, through through that experience. So it, it, it filled some gaps that yeah. you had in your mm-hmm. knowledge. Now. After that, what happens? So you graduate culinary school. So like school. anything, like you go to, you know, you go to medicine school and after you graduate, you have to go and work for a hospital, you know, be someone's bitch, right? So I had to do the same thing. Um, I didn't have to do it, um, but I thought it was like part of the process. Remember, I'm all in, you know, do it or not do it. <laughs> so, so I decided to become, you know, someone's bitch in different restaurants in Europe. So I worked for different culinary, for different uh, Michelin star restaurants in Europe. Okay, so how does one, was that an easy transition to get into that? Because no, that's a very, no, like, it's, it, was, it wasn't, I was kind of lucky because I had some friends that live in Europe and, and I, I'm, you know, you, you need to like own up to who you are. I'm a, a very, like, I'm really friendly. I'm good with people naturally, not because I'm trying to get something out of anybody. I'm just naturally like that. So, um, you know, by this time I had like, you know, friends all over the world and friends that were like willing to go to, you know, help me out without me asking for much. So, you know, I was able to to land in an amazing, you know, next level kitchen in um in San Sebastian in Spain. San Sebastian. Yeah. Oh, the okay. Mecca of the world. Yeah. Ah, okay. So you're in uh, Pais Basco. Yep. 
Okay, so San Sebastian. So most of my time in Spain, most of my time in Europe was in Spain, and most of my time in Spain was no in the shit. north of Spain. No so shit. So Pamplona, Rioja, um, País Vasco, Oviedo, Santander, Bilbao. Wow. Okay, so um, I had the best pez mantequilla in mi vida in San Sebastian. Yeah, you know, San Sebastian is... It's like if I have to think about like a happy place, San Sebastian is like one of the first things that comes to my mind. Like just the whole thing, like the city, the the culture for food. Like, so um, okay, have you run with the bulls? Yeah, you did run with the bulls. So my friends told me not to do it. San Fermín, one of like one of one of my best memories of Spain was going to. To Chupinazo, which is like the day that they they initiate San Fermines, which is where they actually yeah, yeah. run the bulls. Yeah, yeah. It's July sixth. Everybody thinks of San Fermín as July seventh, but July seventh is like the official San Fermín. Sure. But it starts on July sixth at noon, where they like throw like a like a firework rocket out in the air yeah, and it's yeah. like explodes, and that's called El Chupinazo, and that's when it, like the festivities officially start. So that first day from noon to getting fucked up to running with the bulls in the, at dawn, the crack at dawn. Is like the best part of the actual like festival. So I was I was there, and my Spanish friend said, "Don't don't run." Like it, it's a oh, everybody tells you not to do it. I I, I was I wasn't. I think that I didn't go there thinking I was gonna do it, and then I was too drunk, and I decided to do it. Well, that's what they said. They said, "Don't worry." It's like the crazy thing is like the bulls are not the threat. The threat are all the drunk humans like running around. Mm-hmm. Now there are some professionals. You know that they are sponsored. Oh, yeah, yeah, there are yeah. people literally there, and they're like training for. They're this, like, like they're like know, track the athletes. Year, yeah. They're wearing like sponsored jerseys, and they're stretching. And they're sober as fuck. And then there are all the British drunk people that are there like running. <laughs> And they let them go and they run. So, um, God damn, dude. I didn't know you were... Fuck, this, is, this is crazy. So, uh, you were in a restaurant in, in, the north of, in San Sebastian. And what was that experience like? What were you doing? Were you oh, cooking on the line? Other, that like, was like a whole other level. Like, I didn't get... I wasn't getting paid. I was like a, just an intern. Mm-hmm. I was just someone's bitch. But I was like, you know, if I was going to be someone's bitch, you know, I, I was in the right place. You know, I was like... I want to be your bitch kind of situation. And how old were you at this time? 20s, mid-20s? 22. 22, okay. All right. So, so uh, w- yeah, so tell me about that experience. What were you doing? Were you working in front of house? Were you no, working you know, as a you, line you, cook? You, or you, what? you start washing dishes, bro. <laughs> yeah, you have to start washing the dishes no matter who you are. You know, and then you start kind of like earning earning your your um, your stripes so you can go into different parts of the kitchen. Huh? Was that a culture no, shock? No, no. I kind of like saw it coming, you know, because I was like immersed in the culture already, like in the, you know, chef culture. So I knew. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be, you know, anybody's bitch. Like I wanted to be like, you know, someone that deserved, you know, for me to be their bitch. Right. So, so it was great. You know, I, obviously, you know, I'm recently married. I don't have a lot of time to to play around um so i i wanted to do as much as i could with the time that i had and that meant absorbing culture so from spain i went to italy from italy i went to uh south of france and then i came back to the states so uh, how much time were we talking in total that you spent in europe doing this like going back and forth like about another two years so you spent two years um working in san sebastian in italy and yeah hopping around and hopping around and 
you were always working in the kitchen. Yeah. Always working in the kitchen. And what was... What did you take from each the place? The kitchen and the bar stool. And the bar stool. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, I've spent the most time in, in, in Spain by far. Um, second would be France, and then third would be Italy. And I've spent uh, significantly less time in Italy than the other two places. Um, w- how would you compare and contrast those, th- those, those three countries? Well, I spent the least amount of the time in France, and southern France is completely different than I agree. France, I I completely yeah, agree. Yeah. It, it's 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 it's, it's still it's still France. Yeah, but it's a but it's different, different from culture. going to Paris. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. A whole another culture, and yeah. it's fact like if you if you're like bordering the coast all the way from Portugal down to Portugal to Spain to like you know France and Italy, and it's pretty much the same cuisine. <laughs> it's crazy. You're in like different countries, and they have the the same dishes, just different versions of the same dishes, yeah. and like can, each I, each one of the countries. So what what did you like compare and contrast those experiences, like both culturally? Well, and I, culinary I felt way? I felt that the what was mind blowing was that I my first culinary love was Italian food. So like I lived for Italian food; that was like my thing, and um, and then having that ex- that experience in Europe was actually helped me under you know like actually gave me the like the truth like it's like you fall in love with an idea of something that's not true you're making this shit up in your mind right and you have like this fantasy about you know what you love and then you actually go to the place and you're like you have it all completely wrong and um the 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 best thing was that i discovered spain so like I still have a soft spot for Italy because noodles are like my favorite thing in the world. One of the things that I like the most is to make fresh pasta. Like if I need to get happy, I make fresh pasta. So but but regardless of that, you know, passion for for that, you know, part of like, you know, first culinary love or whatever. Um, I think I think that like Spain is like the undiscovered, you know, treasure of Europe in terms of, of food. Um, they're making their their food is superior. It's, so uh, it's like you can you can go to Italy, and like you you in, in in Italy you need to find a good restaurant to have a decent plate of food. There's not good food everywhere. In Spain, you can close your eyes and pick a restaurant, and you're gonna eat mm, good food. I mean, you can go into a bar and get a and get a yes, tortilla de patadas. You can, go, you can be, go into a shitty bar, yeah, yeah, and get good food in Spain. As to in, in Italy, it's not the same thing. Like in France, it's not the same thing. You need to go to a good spot to have good food, and and um, and it, it, it reflects to 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 money. In order to eat well in Italy or to eat well in France, you need to have money. In, in Spain, you don't. In Spain, you don't need to have money to eat well. So um, what I noticed, and I lived two years in Spain. So the um, the thing I noticed about Spain. So I lived my first year in the south in Andalusia. So there in the southern coast the the biggest difference i would i would say was between that and let's say where you were in the north in santander was in the south and i think this is applicable for all of spain it's like the the base the ingredients the raw ingredients that they're working with is very high quality oh yeah and and the only difference to me between what i experienced in the south and what i experienced in the north was in the north there was a more of a uh, a gastronomic culture where there's a little more thought put into the preparation of it the the plates were a little more complex 
Whereas in the south of Spain, they'll just give you a plate of, of you know, gambas, which is shrimp, and it's fucking to die for. But they're just giving you just beautiful yeah. shrimp with some with some salt and a little avo, and that's it. But it tastes unbelievable. Whereas there'll be a little more of a platter put together in the north, which is why I thought to eat the best, you like to me, the best food I ever ate in Spain was in Santander. And it's not because the quality of the food was any different. It was the quality of food plus a little more the thought, thought put process. into the, exactly put into the preparation of it, you know. But you know, like Europeans and, and Spanish, you know, more than any other European country, they're very set in their ways, very very set in their ways. So like, uh, I'm I'm I I I'm, like I feel that when it comes to food, you need to understand tradition in order to respect it. But tradition or authentic is bullshit. Like. What matters is that you're, you know, you're, you're respecting like all the great things that are on a piece of like on a plate nowadays, all the great shit that you eat is coming from need. It's coming from necessity. It's coming from hardship, like, you know, migration, you know, cultures clashing together. So like nowadays, and I, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm getting off the subject, but it's very important. Nowadays, everybody, you hear everybody talking about authenticity. When it comes to food. Oh, we have authentic tacos. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so you're saying Chipotle. Oh, fuck good. Chipotle. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. No, only, we're both fucking. The only, good thing, the only good thing about Chipotle is that it's not owned by McDonald's anyway. So I'll ask you this, though. So um, what, when is, when? No, no, I don't have anything wrong to say about Chipotle. Chipotle is decent, but it's not Mexican. No, obviously, but that. If you, if, obviously, yeah, Chipotle but I'm is good. Like, like, I would eat Chipotle. How, how much value do you put in somebody's, like, it tastes good it tastes good for me. No, no. Okay, so Is that's that, we're talking about a whole other thing now. Yeah. So I'll answer that question and I'll go back. I'll circle back to what I was talking about before. Mm -hmm. um, flavor is subjective. A hundred percent. Obviously. So it really like you, 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 you taste is acquired. Mm -hmm. So no one, nobody's born with a palate. Like your palate develops through what you're exposed to. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing you have to understand is like the the, the cerebral process that is involved in food, like the way you store memories in your brain. People think that all the memories in your brain are stored in one, in one spot. Like, oh, that's where your memories are? And no, and your, your brain stores memories depends on the emotion that you felt when you were going through that situation. So depending okay. on the emotion, the information goes in different parts of the brain. Depending on the emotion that was elicited in the, in the experience. Correct. Correct. And that has a lot to do with food. So what you think it's amazing has to do with what is being triggered in your brain based on your previous experiences. So are you saying that if I want to really like a certain type of food, I need to eat it while I'm having the best sex of my life? And well, then you could. <laughs> you <know. laughs> well, but that's just like... No, no, so what, ever I'm, see what, that I'm saying is that, what I'm saying is that if you eat something that touches, if you eat something that, that, that um, like elicits that, that memory from your brain, like you're gonna fucking love that if yeah. it's a good thing, and and I I'm gonna eat the same dish and not have the same experience mm -hmm. because I have different you know memories attached to my emotions and you know to food. I so mean, people call that subjectivity too. Yeah, right. so that's what I said. So it's like association so, to whatever so all of this that we're, we're talking about the stuff that you were exposed to, the stuff that you adapted to, your memories, your experiences, like all of this goes into you know what you like and what you don't like. So I can't say. Oh, you suck because you don't like this. You can't do that. Now, if you have the background and the experience, you can say 
and you can express a professional opinion about a dish. That's the thing. So, I, so I, a, there's a professional opinion. You can't say this dish sucks. You can say I don't like this dish, and I don't like it because of this and this and this and this. Or this dish could be way better if they had considered certain things that an average person couldn't see. Only a person with the background of working in a cook in a kitchen from washing dishes to like working in the actual kitchen in all the different stages and then eating all around the world and then being in the business part of the kitchen developing menus like there's there's dishes that make sense on paper and then when you eat them they're a piece of shit so some people can come up with an idea of a dish but then they can't execute it and then most people most people don't see don't have that thought process when they're eating the dish they look at the menu and say oh that looks good and then they eat it and it's like i like it i don't like it when i look at them i look at a menu I look at the thought process in the menu, and then I want to see if it translates to the actual dish. That's the next level of expertise that, you know. But that's, but that's why I have an opinion. Exactly, exactly. So what I'm saying but is. But it, it doesn't mean that I know what tastes good and what tastes bad. You can only determine that. Mm, but so I feel a, like a lot of people think, oh, yeah, you know, you know, I don't agree with you. You know, I love that place. Which is fine. Well, you don't have to agree with me, you know, like, and, and I'm not saying not to love the place. I'm just telling you that from from you know from the background my my experience and what I can see, I and 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 you have to consider like if you don't like eggplant and you eat an eggplant dish, most likely you're not gonna like the dish because you don't like fucking eggplants. So you're not gonna be objective saying that you don't like the dish. But if you want to be objective, you say, hey, considering the fact that I don't like eggplants, <laughs> this dish Therefore, was actually executed amazingly. You know, it translated from the concept to the menu, from the menu to the dish. And, you know, you could see the, the, the culinary, you know, process. And it was a great dish. That's someone that's being objective. Like, if you want to be a jackass like a lot of people they'll be like oh i hate this ish i don't like eggplant well are oh you don't like eggplant that's why you know it's like oh yeah you're doing a great job with your risotto well, but i don't eat mushrooms well, exactly. <laughs> oh okay. shit so that so, was that was my so but yeah, yeah. Are, there any, are there yeah. any foods you don't like because i've learned in it when i was young there are foods i didn't like when i was as young, I got older i i actually realized there's no food i dislike is as the, long is, as it's okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big fan of mushrooms. And I, I, I'm i not saying that, like, I'm not a big fan of mushrooms. I don't cook with so, mushrooms. Ryan, I next fucking time, love the mushrooms so in your risotto. Next time, next time you make a risotto, please. No mushrooms. No mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> so, are there any, is there any food that you don't like? I have to, like, honestly. Or is there any food that you're allergic to? No, or something? Is, I'm not allergic to anything. And this is cool. Like, honestly, you just asked me and I'm trying to figure out what I don't like. And the only thing that comes to my mind that I don't like, really, and it's something that I don't like since I was a kid, is innards, like, you know, lungs and kidneys. and <laughs> Which li- most people are like, ah. <laughs> Which I, I don't think. No, but as I, as I developed my career as a chef, I started to like. Well, I'll tell you something. But, like, but it's like, you ask me, what don't you like? The first thing that popped to my mind was that because in Colombia, it's a country where people eat everything. Oh, yeah. In the like in the cow and, and the father, I didn't grow up with that because I, I was a vegetarian. And, and also like the father of like my Spanish friend that I was referring to earlier, where I, where I was talking about, you know, the housekeeper and making my bed. Like his dad, like he loves eating, you know, the eyeballs of the fish. He oh, loves, I, I, he, I grew he up lo- in a coastal city, so I was eating, you know, I I fish eyeballs since I was like and he lo- like six. <laughs> yeah. So and and also like you said, you know, the organs of 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 certain animals. Yeah, like, but it, like liver bothered me. Like lung, like the in liver- Colombia, they eat fried lung. Like they deep fry the lung. 
It's called bofe. I hate that shit. I can't even like get the smell. Dude, but then my it. friends that grew up eating it, they were like, "Oh, you don't want some of this, oh, man? What are you <laughs> missing out?" <laughs> you know, it's like Dude, there's something about. So it goes to the the same point that we were talking about. Like we're talking about. Huh? No. That's the, Oh, with the little chicken inside? Yeah, I've seen it. I've had it in front of me, and I decided not to try it. Yeah, that's okay. um, that's uh, Filipino stuff. So, so, Filipino food can get funky, bro. <laughs> so, I love Filipino food, but they lot, have but, but a lot their of food other is Filipino super funky. Shit. You have that's to be very open-minded to eat like real <laughs> Filipino food. Yeah, that's so, a lot of that's a lot of other Filipino shit. I, you know, the funny thing is, I'd say the weirdest thing I've ever eaten were 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 ants. And I, it wasn't that big. Did you ever try the, uh, in Colombia? And that was actually in Colombia. Yeah, Colona. Tastes like popcorn. It tastes like popcorn. Yeah. That's what I had. It was just Because they're roasted. It's just salted. But when I was a kid, I was fucking like, what the fuck is this? I ain't going to eat that. And my mom like hit me and then I ate it. Chancleta. She was like, flip flop. You know why? You know why? Because it was like, we were at a friend's place. A friend invited us over and I was being rude. I was like, being like so a bitch. my, my, my family then, super progressive right we've talked about this in colombia specifically in the coast of colombia like the culture is to pamper your kids to the point you spoil them and they're the worthless pieces of shit that's like that's the model <laughs> yeah that, no that's the culture right so it's like oh he doesn't like veggies so clara can you like um strain the soup for him he doesn't like veggies yes. you know that's it's super normal right so most most kids don't eat vegetables. They don't eat salad. They this like salad. Fuck that, right? So we have potatoes. So obviously, obviously, in, in my household, being progressive as it was, there was no option of getting your soup strained. You know, it was like there was salad every day for lunch as a part of this as a part of lunch. You know, and the rebel in me obviously said he didn't. I don't want to eat salad. I live Colombian. Oh, what fucking salad? So like one of my biggest like you know issues with food when I was a kid was salad and I was like made like I had to eat it like it was a thing like my friends salad would, is amazing I know I love it now <laughs> but when I was a kid I I couldn't deal with it it was like no salad like I was like gagging was, <clears throat> to me was the, and the my threat dad would be like, oh, if you fucking puke you're gonna eat your vomit you know? <laughs> to me was the, the threat the threat and of the chocolate show up. like there was like a little window in my the, in the, my apartment that you could if you look through the window you could see the dining room and my friends knew so my friends like would would, sh <laughs> would look at me from the window and this is it's like three o'clock and colombians eat at 12 right so lunch was at 12 and, and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon i'm still sitting at the table staring at my salad and because i couldn't get up from the table until i finished my salad so so my friends would be like Yo, Ryan, eat your salad, bro. Come on, we're waiting for you. We want to like go and like ride bikes. Come on, get, get it done with. And I'd be like, you motherfuckers don't eat salad. Why don't you come and help me? <laughs> dude, that's like, dude, Mimi, so my, my roommate, so she's Cuban. And her mom, like, if she didn't want to eat, like, literally, she spent nights where she fell asleep at the dining room table because her mom wouldn't let her get up from the table because she wouldn't, because she wouldn't eat her food. Dude, so me, she woke up at like six in the morning. So remember, remember that this goes back to uh, I was telling, talking about this in terms of like greatness of food. But remember that these are cultures that have like need, so nothing goes to waste. So if you make something to eat, you're eating it because there's other people that don't have any food. 
or when I was a kid, I didn't have this shit. So I'm making sure that you have it. So the way that you're grateful is by eating the whole thing, you know? So, you know, it sounds like you're being like you're in a regime, but it's not. It's just, you know. And, and what's funny is there how you grown up, how, there, how you grow up. You there know? are actually what's what I find interesting about that is there are cultures, other cultures in the world where what's polite is to leave a little bit of food on your plate to say you're not hungry. Like, I'm satiated. Oh, no, in Colombia, you need to No, I know. You have to clean the plate. plate. You have to clean the plate. You got to lick that motherfucker. But there, but there are other cultures where, where it's... Yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. You know, so that's Dude, interesting. In my, it, the threat of the chancleta was just too high. I was like, <laughs> like I'm just going to I'm not going to get my ass beat. I'm just going to eat it. I'm just going to get my so, ass beat. No, dude, dude, listen, I'm telling you, it was a big thing in my house. Then now, nowadays, I embrace salad. I love salad. Like, I eat salad every day. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's not the first thing I think about. You know, I don't, it's not the first thing about think, I think about is having salad, but, but, um, but I, I love salad nowadays. But um, the, the, the whole point is like, going, I said I was going to circle back to authenticity, because it's a big thing nowadays. Everybody thinks they're, they're, they're like super, um, like woke and knowledgeable because they're eating like authentic shit when there's no such thing as authentic shit like you know the most famous taco in mexico city is tacos al pastor and tacos al pastor if you go to df to ciudad mexico they have al pastor in every in every corner and it's essentially not a mexican dish it's a lebanese dish that was adapted in Mexico City from Lebanese migration when they fucking exiled all the Lebanese people from, from like, you know, Macedonia or whatever, like um, uh, what's Turkey today. At some point, there was, the Ottomans, yeah. there was some issue and they, they kicked out the Lebanese out of, out of Turkey, that area, and they ended up in Mexico. And when they ended up in Mexico, they brought their shawarma, which is like the meat on the stick that you know goes vertically, you know, against the the the, the flames. A lot of people in Europe that that they think of that that's the kebab, kebab, yeah. So so they they took that cooking process and that they would normally do with lamb, and they started doing it in Mexico with pork, and that's tacos al pastor. So oh wait a minute, that's, that's authentic taco, Mexican. That taco al pastor. Fuck you, yes. It's a fucking kebab with pork meat. Yeah. What? And and obviously well, Mexican fuck. spices because it has Mexican spices. So I didn't know that. So what it is, what it is, is a, ta- a, a, a taco al pastor is pretty much a, a, like a Mexican version of a shawarma. What the fuck? <laughs> so I'm going to Kdoba. So, so what, here's here's this is this is what bothers me when people say that oh it's not authentic. But it's good though. Oh, this is authentic. <laughs> no, like there's no such thing. You know, so understand what you need. To, what is important is to understand why things happen, like the tradition, the the hardship, the reason, the the social, the political, the the everything that's involved, like the pain, the suffering, like all that. All that goes into food. That shit is important. Not that oh yeah, a regular old pastor takes pineapple, and if it doesn't have pineapple, it's not authentic. No, <laughs> I am it's taking the Al Pastor and I'm making it now in Florida and Florida has oranges. So I'm going to put orange on my fucking Al Pastor and tell me it's not authentic. It's an authentic Florida Al Pastor taco. So, so I'm telling you, it's like there's no such there's no rules here. Well, so I'll say this. So when, I agree with you on that. I'll say this. I think I think there's something to be said for the better the food is, it's generally because the quality of the ingredients is higher. And if you have good quality ingredients to start with, you need to do less with the food to make it taste good. But at the end of the day, good food is good food. 
and the 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 whole thing of whether it's authentic or not, that's almost like saying like, oh, it, it, you know, in a jujitsu analogy, you're. I to me, it's like you're good at jujitsu or you're not. It doesn't matter if you're under fucking hoist Gracie or something. You know what I mean? So, for you. No, what I what I'm what I'm saying is that yes, yeah. If you start with good ingredients, it's obviously going to guarantee. It should guarantee that your food is good, but obviously you could do a bad interpretation of the great ingredients and mess the food up anyways. But that's just shitty food. That that's just a shitty person preparing the food, right? Yeah. But what I, what I'm saying is that life, like I, I think like food is like life. It's like adapt or die. Um, like you're if you're not adapting, then you're not evolving. And you're what just you, staying what, stagnant. What, what's so, provoking the adaptation? The adaptation is the environment. Okay. So, like, if I'm a... Like availability like, of ingredients. Correct. So, like, I learned this the hard way because I'm talking talking about, a, like, a British, you know, sort of American-influenced family growing up in Colombia that had, like, more culture than the average Colombian wanted to eat differently. But, dude, when I was a kid, you couldn't buy Parmesan cheese in Colombia. It wasn't available. Uh, when I was a kid, like, you know, finding mushrooms at the supermarket was like, oh, there's mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, like some people might be like, oh, that's bullshit because, you know, but, you know, I'm telling you what my experience growing up and I came from a fucking wealthy family. Like all these ingredients were not available. It's not like today. Nowadays, you can go in a supermarket in Colombia and find the same shit you can find here. But when I was a kid, you couldn't. Yeah, but don't, on that point, don't you think so there's then a lot you of... Mer- make, if you want to make an Italian dish and you don't have Parmesan cheese, then the dish is not Italian because it doesn't have Parmesan cheese? No, my... my, my it's Italian food made in Colombia. And what do they have? They have some mature, you know, cow milk cheeses okay. that are high in salt. And, you know, they're, you know, they're not fresh. They have like a maturing process. It's not Parmesan. It doesn't taste like Parmesan, but it has kind of like the same qualities. So would my dish be less Italian if it's made with that cheese? It shouldn't, because I'm trying to make Italian food in Colombia with whatever's available. So what I'm, but what makes something Italian? Well, you know the tradition, but it doesn't mean that it's. It doesn't mean that if you're not using Parmesan, it's not a good dish, or it would stop being. If Italian. I'm making it's still a, Italian in essence, that's what I'm talking about. At that, you're, you're saying you're saying like to say, to say something is an Italian food. Your claim is. It's because its origins, like the people who came up with a dish are Italian. We're in that It country. doesn't mean you have to, you can't recreate well, the dish somewhere and, else. And it's like if you're gonna, if I, I told you that paella is more Moroccan than Spanish, in its roots, it is. Yeah. It is. But tell that to a Spaniard to fucking kill you. <laughs> right? Because, we, because we're still stuck to the idea of tradition and authenticity and our roots. Like, it's like, it's like, you like you know believing i'm not this i'm not gonna get into religion at all but it's like believing in god all your life and then someone tells you god doesn't exist bro you would have to admit that for 40 years of you being alive you were wrong and that's hard to admit that you've been wrong for 40 years of something so it's better to believe that you're right especially when and it's ignore wrapped, the information and it's wrapped up into your identity correct so, and yeah. it's wrapped up into your identity yeah. right so the same thing happens with food like you can't be like oh yeah you know, noodles were invented in Italy, and they're like, no, they're not. Speaking they weren't. Food, like, Ryan, noodles were, noodles were, were actually, there's two versions. Like, they're either brought in from Asia, um, or they were brought in from, from, um, from the Middle East. They, they're not exactly sure where they came into Italy from, but it's one of those two. Most people lean towards more towards, towards um, China. Mm-hmm. So then, 
if it has noodles, then that shit is not Italian. Because that shit came from Asia. But then if, think about if, it. If we're doing that, then it's like everything comes from the like yeah. where did civilization no, start? No, like one of like there. The, that's what I'm what I'm saying is that that like you shouldn't you shouldn't like But it's not authentic fucking right it's not authentic right but like, Ryan, oh, yeah, oh my god um, this is this is fusion <laughs> everything is fusion so as we speak so <laughs> the only thing that's like it's like, it's like even I, I you know even even like things that are made it's like if you think about it you have like essential ingredients you have um like wheat and then you have eggs and you have like water and you have this and there's like you know a couple of farms and one farmer has eggs and the other farmer has wheat and the other farmer has like the availability of water and they they get together and together they form pasta but who who's who's pasta the guy with the eggs or the guy with the flour or the guy with the water or is it all three of them the guy with the water I'm no, just, it's, it's the, the point. Just, the point. The point is, is that that there's like the the idea of authenticity and like you know something being the way it should be, is not real in food. Like you, people want to keep it like that because they're set in their ways. But I mean, I think if people were not, uh, I think we can all be reasonable and ex and again, you know, you can say exercise common sense, and everyone will say, well, common sense is in, not common in short. Yeah, is in short supply these days. <laughs> But you know, if, if if you know if Italian food is you know it's what's associated with that culture, it's what people like to cook over there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like it's not you know. And, and but to be fair, it's like you know you don't have to. If I, I guess it's cultural tradition, you know, because it's like yeah, I'm cooking Italian food in Colombia with Colombian ingredients, which are really like, is it really? Could Italian. I call it Colombian? Could I call it Colombian food? You you probably could. Well, you know, it's Italian food made in Colombia. But then, then the Asians could say that pasta is Asian food made in Italy yeah, because they brought sure. the noodles. So what I'm saying is like even like things that you can you really consider super Italian, like pizza. Pizza was like born after the Second World War, like during the Second World War. It's new. Shit ain't shit is not old. Like nobody ingrained. owns that shit. <laughs> ingrained, you know, it's like yeah. it's something that was developed, you know, out of need, out of necessity. Like everything that's good that you eat today was developed on some but sort of. But beyond that, I mean, people say, oh, this is. Uh, Napoli pizza, like you know, well, what the, I mean? the Italians actually have something that I think is it's cool because they they're super proud of some of the things that they do and they should because they have some amazing you know freaking things. Um, and at, from a from a like a governmental level, they've decided that they're going to preserve certain things like you know the right way with like governmental protection. So like there is, they have like the protection of the tradition of the Neapolitan pizza. There's like a whole like you know arm of government that that is like you know yeah. involved, and they have the same thing for for Parmigiano Reggiano, like the real Parmesan from Reggio Emilia, and they have the same thing for uh, Aceto Balsamico di Modena, which is like the balsamic vinegar from Modena, and they have the same thing for the prosciutto di Parma, which is like the you know amazing. Um, aged, um, you know, ham leg from that, you know, specific region. So, and they they have these these things because they they don't want they want to protect their tradition, their tradition. But it doesn't mean that if you don't do the things the way they do them, doesn't mean it's wrong. 
Okay. It's, it's like, like saying, like, are you ordering Domino's, Victor? It's like, it's like, like for example, like pasta carbonara. Vic, is Victor ordering Domino's? I'm right? ordering chipotle. 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 Uh, chipotle. I'm it's ordering like it's like pasta carbonara. It's made Ryan. with pancetta. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you ask Romans, it's not even pancetta. It should maybe be made with guanciale, which is the cheek of the pork. So cured pork cheek. But it's like if you're in America and you can't find guanciale in the Publix, so you don't make carbonara. No, you buy bacon. Yeah. No, like you buy bacon. You make it work. And you make it with bacon. Yeah. And it's not going to be a less carbonara. It's just going to be an adaptation. Absolutely. So, I mean, okay. So, dude, I could go on this topic forever. But I want to continue this this trajectory of your story. So, where where we left off with with your story was so well i end up doing all my my internships your internships in in spain france and you come back to the states when i come back you're to still the, married at this point yes so i come back to the states with the idea that i'm going to open a catering service a catering service catering in service. miami um no no at this point i'm already like in orlando you're in orlando yeah okay so oh, I didn't get, love. He's getting closer. To I didn't the gym. love. I'm, I didn't love South Florida at the time. I came to Orlando for a weekend, and I said, "This is where I'm going to stay. Where I'm going to live." I loved it, and I moved to Orlando. What is it? Hashtag City Beautiful. That's, That's what they there call. There you it. go. <laughs> so this is our, this. Uh, when I first got here, uh, Avalon. So he's in Avalon. It had just started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like 2006. 2006, you're in Orlando, Florida. You want to open a catering company. What happens next? So when I opened the catering, no, it's like 2008. 2008. So I want to open the catering service, and I, I did it. I, you know, I did all the legal paperwork. I opened my company, you know, my S corporation. Um, did you know? Did everything that was required with the you know with the with the county and everything to have my catering service. Um. And it was successful. <laughs> I love it. He, he's like, ah, and it was successful. It was successful. Beyond my wildest dreams. God but, damn it. But a year into it. <laughs> motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. A year into it, I said if I had to make another chicken parmesan, I was going to shoot myself. Oh, uh, so you weren't having fun. I wasn't having fun. Okay. Everybody wanted chicken parmesan, chicken alfredo. <laughs> chicken fingers. <laughs> you know. Hey man, it's demand, customer. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I couldn't want that. And I would try to tell it, well listen, we can make this um, you know, bouillon base. And I was like, What? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. No, no. Give me chicken fingers, <laughs> ranch dressing. No. No. No, no. We want mac and cheese. Nothing wrong with mac and cheese. Actually, the story of mac and cheese is amazing. We can get into that at another point. But I've never eaten mac and cheese in my life. Imagine that. But you should. Because there's a beautiful story behind it. Okay, well, we'll get to that. But, um, and it's actually a, a very American story that's, that has some influence from Italy and France, but very American because it's, also, it's actually involved with, with slavery. But, um, <laughs> wait a minute. That, that, doesn't make, that doesn't make it very American. Slavery. What? Uh, <laughs> it's history. That's you don't want to deny it? Deny it. You know, it's there. So, <laughs> so you're 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 making you're making chicken parm. So I said I can't and a do bunch this. of chicken. I can't fingers. do this anymore. So at the, at that point, I've noticed that really my success in the in in my catering service wasn't really the food because I wasn't even making the food that I wanted to make. That what was making me successful was you know me putting the word out like my marketing. So 
I, I, I said, you know what? I think I can make more money and easier with marketing than with food. So I shut down my catering service and I opened my own public relations company. PR, okay, yep. okay. And uh, ever since, till this day, um, I handle the public relations for some big medical groups. <laughs> medical groups? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, how did you get connected with fucking medical groups? Jesus. I, I started small. Like. So, okay, so I'm going to say it because I'm, I'm, I'm already three. So, I trained, I didn't drink any water. I, I drank three beers and I'm a lightweight. So, I want to say what Victor and I have always been joking. We, we think, we, we're like, that's bullshit, man. Ryan, Ryan. Ryan's not really doing marketing. He Ryan is a narc. Exactly. 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 So we're right. You, you had this before. Right? You got this asked this before. All the time. All the time. Yeah. People like, think people think I'm either a spy or a drug lord. Because what is what is the so, move? So, look, I, there's, the most? there's like there's like two, two two things like several languages. You like you know. <laughs> Europe, what culture. Is the most, what is the he's most? either like CIA or MI6 or or he's a drug lord. <laughs> what was the word? I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Look, what, was, what is the most? What was the word that you used? It's a Spanish word. Traqueto, bro. Yeah, traqueto. Yeah, yeah, like a narco. <laughs> what is the most? Nar narc would be the other side. Uh, the a narco would be like. Listen, what is the most fucking straight up vanilla by the books job that you can tell me? I work in marketing. <laughs> And we're like, mm. so so admit it here first, Ryan. Mm. BJJ and Bruce. No, like, no, no. Actually, you know what? Like, um, I tried it, but it wasn't. <laughs> it's and I think I think it's in the family. Like my my father was always the seen as like a, like a nargo. <laughs> Good times. And he wasn't. He wasn't. He never did. He was actually you know super against it. Uh, he's right now, you know. Not not making the best living that he could because he never like because he's very he never set. embraced the drugs. No, because he's very set in his ways. Like he's he's um he's like he doesn't believe in doing things wrong even if it's gonna benefit him, and he takes it to the extreme. Like I see shades of gray compared to him. So like he was seen like that because he was very wealthy as a businessman. And because of that, you know, they would they would like you know equate in Colombia they would equate success and freedom to like narco, um, which wasn't the case. And then I just found a way of making money very easily here in America. Um, and most people are used to seeing someone you know having you know a good life by working two or three jobs, and and I did it. You know, I I actually did that for a couple of months. You know, but but I discovered that there's other ways of doing it. You know, and and I not, never done anything illegal, never. So what to I answer mean, your question? I, I love. To, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you this. You know, this is this is. So I mean, like my my public relations, my public relations is actually, um, what I do is, in 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 the best way of explaining it is professional networking. So I'm a professional networker. I put people together. Yeah. That's what I do. So I have someone that and needs... amazingly, for those of you not involved in this industry or, or, or can't imagine, like, there's a huge value in that and people will pay money for that. Oh, a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. So, like, I, I um, you know, at the same time when I was, like, making these decisions of, like, you know, closing catering and getting into marketing, my first daughter was about to be born and um, I, I couldn't see a life of me not seeing her. 
you know, while having like two jobs or whatever. So like part of my decision was based on the fact that I wanted to go to the doctor's appointments. Like I wanted to go to her school place. You know, I wanted to make her lunch and dinner. I wanted to be there whenever she needed me to be there. So I, you know, I, I don't know if I was like fully aware of what I was doing, but I definitely did it in that direction and it worked out. You know, I think that I could be, I could be making a shitload of money right now and I choose not to do it because I want to be, I want to be a dad, you know? And you want to be happy. And I want to be happy. Because, yeah. But I found, I found like a nice, a nice like happy medium where I'm super rich because I have time and I can do whatever the fuck I want. And, and that's, I'm a big believer that rich is, is, is a word that doesn't necessarily have to involve solely money and correct and you know what's correct. in your bank account. no no i'm gonna tell you and you know if there's people out there that are part of that group because i have most of my friends are filthy rich nowadays because of my business mm-hmm. so i've developed like very deep relationships with very rich people and they're unhappy and they tell it to my face they sometimes are like you know envious of me because i have a better life than them because i've made these decisions tell them they got trained jujitsu um, yeah, you know, so actually one of my best friends loves jujitsu and he's filthy rich and um, he you could need, need a private instructor. Uh? Does he need a private instructor. <laughs> no, no, he needs hip replacement. So he's, oh, he's like, you know, does he have kid? He had to take, private instructors. He had to take a, a, a hiatus from jujitsu. <laughs> so, so, so let's get to jujitsu. So let's get to jujitsu because this is, this is, I mean, it's in the title of the uh, podcast. We, we've gotten to this point where I think we're now getting to now, you know, more or less contemporary times here. Okay, so background in martial arts. Well, you have the Shaolin background. Right, so, so I, I moved to the States and I get fat as fuck again. <laughs> because fast food is so goddamn cheap. Yeah. Wendy's is fucking 99 cents, yo. No, no, I'm not even going to blame it on that because I've never, like, I've never, I've always, like, I've always had the mentality that if I'm gonna, you know, if I'm gonna like calories, like there's a value in calories, right? So where I'm gonna spend my my calories? Am I gonna spend it on, you know, a burger from Wendy's, or I'm gonna spend the calories on, you know, Chateaubriand? I'm gonna go with Chateaubriand. That's just who I am. So I I stay. I don't really. That's not the cause. Wasn't the cause of my me being fat. The cause of me being fat was that I love food in all his presentations and all his processes. So if it were for me, I would wake up and just cook till the end of the day. And in the breaks, I would go and eat at restaurants. Like I would do that if I could. But the, the reality is that I can't because my body won't allow it because I would you know, be living my 600 pound life. <laughs> so, so like I get fat as fuck again. I'm like almost, I'm like scratching 300 pounds. scratching 300 pounds and um i'm like shit i need to do something i was actually kind of like in the middle of a divorce and i was like dating a model so that had a lot to do with it (laughs) my my dick needs to get beyond the the size of my belly my belly's too big i can't see my dick when i look down yeah i was like lingerie model from europe so well, like, well, what country? What country? She has that has to do with the Monaco story. Uh, oh, <laughs> Monaco! Victor's like, give me talk about Monaco. I've been here before. We've been here. We've been down this road. No, but before. but so I'm I'm super fat and I'm like, I have to do something about it. So I start like changing, you know, my 
my um my 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 routine and like in terms of like food or whatever but at the same time i say the gym is never gonna work i'm not a gym guy like it's not my thing i've tried it i you know i i enjoy lifting weights but it's not something that i'm gonna be devoted to the only thing exercise wise that i've been ever devoted to has been martial arts so i said let me find something similar to what i was doing when you know with uh with the wushu you know so i looked around Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. And, and, and it was a lot of things were going on. I, I, I'm almost sure that I could have like been, been unbanned, but there were too many things going on in my life, and it just like it just worked out like that. Um, and I, I still, as I said, like I have a group, a group chat of all the people that I used to train with back in the day. We're still like, you know, you know, it's just. So you never showed family. me fucking Hyro. I want to see Haido, the the monk. I'm gonna show you Haido. Don't worry. Can't multitask, bro. Let him. Let him. I, let him peek. Let, I'm let honest him. about that shit. I can multitask in the ch in the kitchen and in the bedroom. That's it. Woo! Other than that, <laughs> I have one like one, one one track mind. Okay, so you're you're in your own words, you're fat as fuck. Yeah. So and so, you and you identify like, hey man, no, the so only thing that works for me is martial arts. Correct. So I look around and I can't find. The only thing I can find is like this soft version of you wushu on goldenrod super soft like you know we're not gonna name names call them out call no, them no, out. no 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 call them out. Call super call soft out. super soft call so them out. Like, super soft i'm like i walk in and i'm like nah eh, eh. i didn't even do the tryout class i was like eh, automatically so i'm like what should i do and uh, okay and what year is this now mm. 2014 2014 all right we're coming up to the present day so we're 2014 2014 so 2014 i look around and the closest like i started looking for gyms and obviously you know mma is already making a you know big there's a big thing in mma i've honestly never been drawn to mma i think i've never actually watched the full fight um there was like part of me as a like a traditional like you know chinese martial artist which is bullshit i don't think like that anymore but I would like look at them and be like, oh, those guys are a joke. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I'm just saying from the comfort of my room with my 300 pounds, I would say, oh, what a joke. You know, and I wouldn't like really, you know, I didn't really like it. <laughs> so, so, um, but it was big. It was like MMA, 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 MMA. And um, there was a gym close to my house. It was actually Jason Patino's gym. Um, American top team East Orlando. And uh, I came in for a trial class. And I came in for the Muay Thai. I didn't come in for the Jiu-Jitsu. They, 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 they were, like, you know, advertising that they had, like, Muay Thai, um, Jiu-Jitsu, and grappling or whatever. And I came in, and I tried a class. I loved, like, I loved the class because the Muay Thai was stand-up fighting. It was closer to, 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 you know, what I was used to. Um, and I started... And then after, like, I, I, I did, like, a there was, there was, like, a week trial or something. I trained for a week for free. And there was, an, a you know, a membership that had, like, full access. And you can do all the classes. And it made sense to me at the time. I said, yeah, yeah, fuck it. You know, you know, my all or nothing personality. I'm like, yeah, I'll take the full access membership to all the classes. And um, for a while, I just went to, to Mutai. And I would see the guys, like, rolling in their pajamas. You know, on the other side of the gym, and it would be like it would be interesting because it was something that I didn't know shit about. Like it was a whole nother thing, and you know, I was kind of like pushed into trying it, and I 
try i didn't even you know again my personality i didn't even you know get a when you said you were pushed you were pushed by the instructors or pushed by the other students a bit of both okay you know there was some pressure of trying it out and um you know i guess that, that in a way it was a you know they could also maybe see like some potential in me or something because i'm you know i'm decent as a stand-up fighter so i would i was like kicking everybody's ass on the other side of the gym i think most of them just wanted to kick my ass on the other side of the gym <laughs> because, because they didn't have the skills to kick me and kick my ass on that side they want to get my ass, my ass on the other side so um i'm just playing around um so i buy my gi and i didn't even get a tester gi i just bought the american top team gi one of the worst things i've ever done in my life i hate that gi fyi was one of the reasons why you got an origin gi later and you're like oh yeah uh, dude it changed my whole jujitsu game <laughs> shout out to origin gi one of one of, one of the reasons why i i did i didn't like like training jujitsu was my gi and i discovered it until i tried that origin gi on i hated that gi like it would always fall off like it was like rough it was like hard it was like i hated it well so I tried jujitsu and I was like, oh, yeah, this, you know, kind of cool. And then I started getting into it and I like the whole thing around it. Like, you know, like the, 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 the chill aggression kind of like, uh, caught on for me. Like it was like the camaraderie of like, Hey, let's choke each other out and, and be happy about it. You know, it resembled what I grew up with martial arts because we would beat the shit out of each other. And we were all friends at the end of the day. Um, you know, in an environment where, you know, there were no lawsuits and you'd have to worry about liability. You know, we were, we were like, you know, doing crazy shit. And at the end of the day, we were laughing about it. So I think that that's one of the things that, that, you know, clicked. And then the next thing that clicked was that someone said, Hey, jujitsu is like a game of chess. And, and I didn't understand it when they, when they, they said it and I ain't kind of like, yeah, okay. But, it, you know, it would just stayed there. Then as I started, like, doing it, I, I started to make sense. Like, the idea of, like, anticipating the other person's move and, like, having, like, a, an idea of what you're going to do and then, you know, adapting on the way along the way. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, that's super cool. That's dope as fuck. Like, that's, like, the kind of thing that I'm, I'm a geek for. And I just, I love it now. And just like that, Chapter 2 is in the books. Guys, Come back next week, same time, same place, for part three, the final chapter with Ryan Orlando Food Critic. Again, big thanks to him for making the time. If you want to follow him, it's at Orlando Food Critic or his Spanish language cooking channel, El Brian Cocina. You can find this information in our show notes. If you want to follow us, it's at BJJ and Brews on Instagram, on Facebook. Our email, bjjandbrews at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us same time, same place next week, part three, the final chapter with Ryan Orlando Food Critic. See you next week. We'll catch you down the road.